And I told them, I'm like, you guys want to come out here for a day, ride with my car with me, you'll see what I'm seeing. Like, it's not safe at all. Like, I wouldn't go past 2.30 in the afternoon. That's how bad it got. And I would only go, like, between 6.30 in the morning and, like, 2.30 because after that, it was really, really Ooh, bad. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this game, now my family can't eat. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode with your hosts, Peter and Matt here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Some brief announcements. Vlogs are out. The podcast is always booming. Make sure you tune into these episodes. We're at Travel Nursing, so tune in bi-weekly to our episodes. Thank you for all the subs on YouTube. Our Cup of Nurses shop is out. Check out all the freaking sizzling merch that we're going to start actually wearing on the show. Uh, cupofnurses.com for any show notes, any information, any announcements. You'll find everything that we do on there. And then also our little sister company and our movement, Frontline Warriors and FrontlineWarriors.shop. Check that out as well. We have blog posts being published about mindfulness, consciousness, how to improve your life, and everything related to that. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing great. We have an amazing guest. Her name is Janine Kelbach. She is the creator of Savvy Nurse Writer. She also has a vast amount of experience in OB, labor and delivery, and management. On episode, we talk with Janine about her nursing experiences, as well as how to take your nursing knowledge and take that and put it into a business. Hello, Janine. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. Uh, before we get deep into, into our conversation, let's get a little background about you. I know you're a labor and delivery nurse or you were a labor and delivery nurse. Was that like your first just out of nursing school? And why did you cho choose labor and delivery? So yes, it was right out of school. I still am PRN and still work the bedside a little bit. And yes, it was always where I wanted to be. I was tried they tried to discourage me in nursing school. A lot of instructors were like, you'd be great in the ICU. You should go to cardiac. But in labor and delivery, they just, people never want you to go there right out of school. And I forged my own path. I said, no, I want to do it. And I was working as an aide during the time. So it gave me the, you know, yes, I do want to do this. This is where I want to be. So yeah, that's where I went directly out of school. Yeah, that's so cool. What is something that you like learn through labor and delivery or some like advice to nurses out there, nursing students that want to pursue labor and delivery? To definitely do the aid first. If you can get an aid job as a nursing student or some sort of nurse intern job, just so you can really see the day-to-day -day operation and what you might need to handle. Because some people get into labor and delivery thinking that it's rocking babies and rainbows and butterflies. And really it's a, it's a very critical care high fast-paced environment where you're working in multiple different areas so i always say labor and delivery is like the er or and a med surge floor all together except the good thing is you always you know the patient's a woman and you know they're usually have been or are pregnant okay i like that perspective and did you advance yourself other than just being an rn on the floor yeah, so when I became an RN, I started there, obviously. I graduated with my ADN from a community college. And then um, I stayed at put where I was. I was at this community hospital. I just had my first baby. And I was like, you know, I just need a minute to like breathe at a nursing school. And as uh, soon as I could, I got 
to go to the tertiary center where I did my clinicals. And it was like a dream of mine to work down there. But I was nervous. I was nervous because I came from this little clinical community hospital to this big tertiary government hospital where we had the sickest of the sickest patients. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do postpartum here for a while. And I advanced quickly in postpartum to charge nurse and really liked it. And as charge nurse, I had to go over to their labor and delivery and just kind of get the rundown on what they were expecting and what was coming in that night. And I kind of befriended some of the nurses over there and they're like, you need to work over here. You need to work here. So I got a job over there, enjoyed my time. And I was still PRN at the little community hospital because I felt like it was like home, like where I was raised. In a sense, I started as an aide when I was like 17. And even before that, I was a, I volunteered on that unit. So, I mean, so those nurses knew me from 13 on. And so when I was down at the tertiary center, I loved the people I worked with down there, really, really hardworking people. And it was hard for me to leave, but I got an opportunity to be the facilitator, the assistant uh, nurse manager on night shift at the community hospital again. And I was like, okay, this works better for my family. I should take this position. So then went over there, got my certification, and then eventually went back for my BSN and took over charge on day shift. As like a nursing educator, what did you, or like a, or a charger, what did you kind of see the nurses struggle with the most? So I, um, I did the chargers and precepting. And then actually my last position where I was actually like full-time hours, part-time hours was um, an educator. And so what I noticed the most that nurses struggled with in labor and delivery is time management and priority prioritizing patient care because you have a lot going on and you kind of have to critically think on your toes, well, what could be going on with this patient? And they would get very nervous in high stress situations. And just, you know, you have to think about the next logical step to help this mom or baby. And that's always a little bit of a struggle for them. 100%. Definitely. Even as an ICU nurse, one thing that I notice things uh, that happens is you become so fearful or you you become reactive to the situation where you don't pause and think and you forget to breathe literally and you you start reacting to everything you just literally forget all your knowledge and experience that you learned when you're in nursing school uh, what's one thing that you would give like a piece of advice to like a nursing student somebody just that it's new as a new grad let's just say starting off yeah so two two pieces of advice one is Make a mental note or write it down, put it on your phone, I don't care, wherever. When you have a patient that you're just like, I don't care if it's something in her history, something that you've never heard about before, write it down. Just write it down and take that home with you. And you are always going to have homework after work. Tell yourself that from straight out. You come home and you look up whatever she had in her history, you're going to become smarter every time you start looking those things up. And the second is always, always, always be prepared. So you go into your shift every day, be prepared. Have your stethoscope ready. Have scissors ready. Have all your little tools and make sure your patient's room, the first time you check on your patient, you're checking for recessitary equipment um, and just knowing your warmer setup in labor and delivery and that you're always ready for the worst situation because it will happen to you and you're going to be ready when it does happen. And what's your scare people, but it's true. Yeah. And what's kind of like your rationale and reasoning for like going from labor and delivery to OB to charge nurse to education? Is it because you kind of get bored being somewhere for too long or do you just like another challenge? 
you know, I thought about that and I, I honestly don't know. I always just thought like that was the next progressive thing. It was never like a big goal of mine to be, oh, I want to be the charge nurse. It was a slow progression from my manager to say like, hey, Janine, how would you feel about being in charge? And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for charge. Yeah, you are. And would throw me into it. I'm like, okay, I am. And then I always, though, always loved to teach the new nurses. I My heart always went out to new nurses because when I became a labor and delivery nurse, there were still labor, there were still LPNs in labor and delivery, and they were old. I'm sorry, I'm gonna throw it out there. They were old. They were the dinosaurs of the unit, but they had your back. They knew more than a lot of the RNs because they've been doing it forever. So I was excited to learn from them until they were phasing them out of labor and delivery. And then here, little Janine, who's 22 years old, is coming in and taking their job unintentionally. Like I, I just knew I needed to learn the job because this was now part of my role and they were unwilling to teach me. They bullied me to tears. And I mean, you guys see me, I'm only like four foot 10, like barely a hundred pounds. Like I'm an easy target for anyone to bully. And I just had to stand my ground all the time and just do my best every day and put a smile on my face going to work. So I know what it's like to feel that like you don't, you are not welcomed in a place. So I, I put my, you know, best foot forward and I see somebody new on the unit just to introduce myself and ask them about themselves and just help them throughout the day. Even if they're not my, if I'm not precepting them, I'm just the person that's like, Hey, you doing all right? You doing okay. How's your patient doing? You know, like just the small talk just to make them feel a little more comfortable. Right. It's, it's funny that you bring up like your, like your height, because like some of the funniest things on a unit I've ever seen was having like not to be rude or mean or anything but having like a a five foot skinny female like try to be assertive or stern with like a patient that's like 225 pounds like towering over her it's always like better sit your ass down <laughs> yeah it's always, like, right? the, like, the, it's always like the funniest thing because like they have like this 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 cute little voice and, and the guy's like huge and he's like okay yeah you know and <laughs> it's listen. always funny to watch yeah <laughs> it's so funny and the whole charger situation too i feel like that's how people become charge nurses too not by choice but because you just get thrown in there like okay you ready to be charge nurse no well you're gonna try it out anyways you know we'll yep. see how you do you're gonna either sink or, or swim and it's not never like you don't really get too much education on it or any kind of like um like any kind of background you just get thrown into it that's the same i, I got thrown into charge nursing too i'm just they asked if i want to be in charge i said no well they're like well too bad you're gonna try it out anyways and i'm like well i can't you know yeah, nothing I do about this, it this is what i'll do yeah I, I like how you mentioned where you were like like young buck and people are looking down on you in a way almost like oh, yeah. you didn't want to be the victim but that's the pressure that you got based on your circumstances so how do you kind of work around that nurse bullying atmosphere or just feeling inferior? Do you just kill them with kindness? Do you just always help them? What are the characteristics that you, uh, you saw within right yourself? There. Yeah. So it was funny because it was me and one other nurse that I graduated with that came in and like took these jobs. Right. And she would like cry a lot more than I would. And I'm like, we're going to be all right. We're going to, we're, guess what? We're coming back tomorrow. We're going to be fine. <laughs> I know she was mean to you, but whatever. I mean, let me give you a situation because this will make you feel like how little I felt. I remember we had a girl who was hemorrhaging and bad, like, like she was in the OR, probably getting a hysterectomy. I don't know because I was dismissed from the OR. I was like, just a person who was going in. I was like, do you guys need anything? Do you need me to run anything? What can I do? And this, this mean nurse said, you little one, little girl, get out of here. You have no purpose on being in here. And I'm like, all right, now that's nurse bullying to its finest. And I think the doctors were even scared of her. So, 
you know, to, to get to your point, like, how did I get over that every day? I'd be like, Hey guys, there's fresh coffee. Hey guys, uh, how's, you know, do you want me to help you with that patient? I would never at, wait for them to ask me because I knew they never would. I would just, and I'd never ask them for help. I was just always the person going in and asking them if they need anything, giving them a break. And then eventually, eventually they came around and they realized I wasn't a threat. And this was just part of what we had to do. And unfortunately they had to get a new job and they did, they got, they both got really nice jobs, but unfortunately it wasn't in labor and delivery anymore. It wasn't our fault that the state board of nursing decided that L LPNs couldn't be part of it anymore. It was just, and they, and they chose not to go get an RN. So that was the other thing too. It's hard for me to, to say like, the think I never said it out loud, but I'm like, you know, they, they have a decision too. They have a decision too, and they're choosing not to. So it is what it is. So it was hard though. Yeah. Interesting perspective because I never like went through nurse bullying. So I, I don't know how it feels uh, firsthand, but when nurses ask for advice, we always say kill them with, with kindness. And I know one issue that nurses also struggle with is asking for help. I know it took you some time to finally be able to ask for help. So how did you kind of get over that barrier? Is it just with time? I think it, I think it's a group effort. Honestly, I, even when I go to work now, I know the nurses that aren't going to help me that day because just, that's just their nature. I am always, and I get it every single day. Now that I'm PRN, everyone's like, oh my gosh, Jenny, it's so great working with you. I just wish you were here every day. I'm like, cause I help you guys. Hey, start helping one another. And I, that's just come from now almost 20 years in it, right? So I wasn't always that bold and coming out and saying it, but it is a team culture. If you are not help, if you, if someone's sitting on their phone all day and they're not doing anything to help you and they're in that one patient mindset, not to help anyone else. It's on the charge nurse. It's on those senior nurses to be like, Hey, she needs some help in there. Or, you know what? I don't, my patient's pretty easy today. And I know she has, you know, one that's very difficult or disoriented or whatever. Hey, you know, I got your vitals. You just go ahead and do everybody's assessment, whatever that might be to just give a little help or just give her some water or give her a break or something. It's just how it is. Sometimes you just got to help one another. And isn't that our profession anyway? the helping like and we can be so mean to one another for no reason 100 percent. and peter and i have the same uh, mindset when it comes to travel nursing uh you know you look you look you look like you're you know you're making more money and people don't like you there's that's that vibe we sometimes get and just go help everyone go help the unit be that runner or whatever it is be that extra hand and people will respect you and recognize you for that yeah. And yeah. plus, plus you get a bond with somebody a little, a little bit easier. You know, it's like if you're doing patient care with somebody, you guys have a conversation and like, it's your ability to actually like start some communication and get to know one another. Instead of just like sitting quietly and charting because no one wants to say anything, you know, you help somebody then you ask how their day is and then you become friends. Exactly. And it's also like a team approach. I feel like a lot of times in, in like the ICU, you're, you are really one patient mindset because your patients are so complicated but there's still room to help one another, like either way, unless you are that nurse, unfortunately, that gets the bad hand that day and you are just bogged down, there's a different, and I'm not saying you have to be like above and beyond every single day. There are days that you're like, man, this is my third shift. I'm freaking tired. <laughs> like I'm not going to do everything, but you still offer, you still don't just, you know, let everybody take the brunt. Yeah, that's true. And even like, uh, like I said, once you start communicating with somebody, have some like work friends, they'll kind of know what mood you're in. So they'll know, Hey, you know, today's Matt's first shift. He's more likely to kind of help me or whatever. He's going to be in a better mood compared to, Hey, I've seen Matt on better days and he looks tired as hell today. So I'm going to probably ask somebody else, you know, so you're going to yeah. get to know each other. Like you said, it's all about that teamwork. Exactly. Yeah. 
So when did you switch to PRN OB? And you, is it like home home OB or is it still like in in house or in hospital? So what happened? So the transition came. I was on day shift and no, I was still on night shift. And I was one of those that was always picking up extra. I'm the one who's like, oh yeah, no, it's just all right. I'll pick it up. Well, the night shift was really not going well with a newborn baby and my seven year old at the time. And I was then going back to school for my BSN as well. And I was like, what can I do from home? What can I do from home? And I got offered a position in OB from home. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I don't have to do med surgery kind of stuff. This is still my area of genius. And I love these, this population. And I loved when I worked downtown, that population, the poor, um, just inexperienced, low education. It was just, I loved helping them. So I had this job to go in my car, and go give them injections. I had to start IVs on a lot of them for, you know, hyperemesis or whatever. So they would have to get injections. I'd assess them for preterm labor signs and symptoms. Sometimes I'd have to monitor them. And it was awesome because I started um, seeing them weekly from 12 weeks to 36 weeks. So every week I got to see these patients at their house. And because it was the inner city of Cleveland, everybody kind of lived within like six minutes of each other. So I would just like plan my day. And it gave me a little bit of insight to entrepreneurship because I was like working on my own and I only had to call them the downtown place if I needed something. And I just put in like my order for supplies and then off I went. And my communication was directly with my patients. I would text them. I'd call them like, hey, Lucretia, you ready for me to, to come over? Yeah. Janine, I'm waiting for, they would look forward to me coming. We would have great conversations. They'd send me pictures of their brand new babies when they would make it full term. It was just so rewarding until I got bit by somebody's pit bull. And it wasn't, it wasn't the dog's fault. I mean, and it wasn't the patient's fault because I was giving her an injection and she, she was turned, I was turned and this dog launched at me from like their steps and because he thought I was hurting her and this dog like bit through my winter coat, my hoodie and my t-shirt all the way to my skin. And I was like bleeding. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> get me out of here. So the company though, I was working for didn't acknowledge anything. Didn't guide me. Didn't, they, they did not have my back for anything. It was just, it was very hard to deal with. It was like Christmas time. And then a week later they were like, and actually we're going to give you guys a quarter of the pay that we were giving you before. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I have to be done now. It was very, very dangerous um, areas of Cleveland. Like even my husband works for a bank and he was like, you know, Janine, every time I talk to the detective that comes in here, he says he doesn't go to those areas without another guy in the car and they're sending you there by yourself. I'm like, my patients say they're not going to hurt me. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's wild. And that's kind of shows you how like management kind of breaks or makes a company or, or like a unit sure. because they didn't oh, take yeah. care of you at all. Like, wow, they didn't even guide you or anything. And then they cut your pay like later on. It's crazy. And I told them, I'm like, you guys want to come out here for a day, ride in my car with me. You'll see what I'm seeing. Like, it's not safe at all. Like I wouldn't go past two 30 in the afternoon. That's how bad it got. And I would only go like between six 30 in the morning and like two 30 because after that, it was really, really bad. Yeah, like One of my English. patients got murdered. It was like oh. horrible. <laughs> you saw a nurse got murdered? No, a patient. One of my patients. I was like, couldn't get a hold of her, couldn't get a hold of her. And then I saw the news. I didn't, they didn't even call me. Nobody called me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's my patient. Oh my, oh my God. That's her house. Oh my gosh. They're all these little teddy bears. It's horrible. And she that's was pregnant crazy. too. Some big wow. mama pregnant. drama. Oh, that's big mama drama. <laughs> so, so when you got this position, you went from healthcare to more of an agency role, correct? So, yeah. So I went, 
I stayed at the hospital part-time. No. Yeah. Cause I got my, um, BSN. So I was working my BSN doing that part-time and then doing the home care part-time. So I was making the full-time income just at two different places and I wasn't picking up the extra shifts anymore. Okay. Cause yeah, this is very encouraging for some people that like want to leave the bedside and don't know how to, or they feel like bedside is the only option for them. And there's definitely different positions, especially being a nurse. It's such a, how would I say it? It's a, it's a profession that has so many different doors. You just have to open up your eyes to it. Yeah. And even if you have to go to like part-time, because some of the, the happiest and best nurses I've ever worked with, they went part-time or, or PRN is because, you know, sometimes nurses get overworked, overstressed, especially if they pick up and sometimes they're, their lifestyle is a you know is a little too much for them to handle, but they want to keep it going. So a lot of times when they downscale in nursing, they become better and happier nurses. So I always yes. you know say if you can't work three shifts a week, you don't have to do two, do, do one. Um, was that kind of why you downscale too, or you just kind of wanted to have like a different job, like for example? Well, now that I've done that, and I actually love going to work now. Like I love it. I get to see my people. I get to see my patients and I am barely there. And it's, it's fun to go to work now before I was like dreading it. Like, and when I started to notice I was dreading it, I was like, Whoa, hold on, press the brakes. Why am I hating this? I get to go to work and deliver people's children. And this is the best day of their lives. And I'm dreading it. Something's got to get, something has to happen. And I encourage nurses that are looking beyond the bedside to think about like your skills that you already have. There's so many skills we have as nurses that we don't even realize are skills because we're just honed into our, you know, degree. Like we are nurses. This is what we are. And there's so much more than just a nurse. We, we have very, we have time management skills. We're organized. We're pre prioritized. There's so many things that nurses are good at that we don't even give ourselves credit for. Yeah. We have a lot of character. Mm. So what sparked your journey into entrepreneurship from being a home health OB nurse? So from the home health thing, when I quit there, I was like, Oh, I don't want to go back full time. I don't want to. I can't go back full time. So I just started the Google journey. Really, it was like in 2013. I was like, what can a nurse do from home? And nowadays, nowadays, especially since the pandemic, there's so many options to work remotely. And, you know, for me, it was more of a what can I do around my lifestyle rather than just work for another person? Because remote, remote job sounds great. You know, it sounds good to be able to work from home, but you're still not, you're still on their schedule. You're still working for somebody. So I looked around the freelance writing era because I was like, this sounds cool. I love to write. I'm a good writer. I love to tell stories. I love to educate. And how can I do that in a different way? I didn't even know what freelance writing was. And I, um, there wasn't a lot of nurses out there doing it that I could find in it at the time. So I was actually joined a group of free freelance writers that were moms. And I was like, Oh, I'm a mom. So I like do this too. So <laughs> I looked into it and they're like, Janine, you're a nurse. You don't realize how much, how many doors that opens for you as a writer. And then I just kept going and forging my path a little bit to make my own business. And I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I was just starting to write like on the side, making a couple hundred here, a couple hundred there. And then I realized, Oh my gosh, I just covered a shift this month. Okay, holy cow, next month I, I just covered, I could really just cut down to two days. I don't have to go back full time because I'm making this money now. And it just over time just kind of built, built, and built. 
Yeah, you're a really good example of nurses pursuing like other passions, and I think it's okay to to pursue other passion and do other things. I feel like a lot of nurses kind of get stuck. They're like, okay, I have a bachelor's in nursing, so that means I'm going to be a nurse for the rest of my life, and and it's not how how it should work. What's how did you kind of uh, finally break that barrier, or some advice you could give uh, to nurses to kind of help them? break the barrier of, of like being scared of stepping away from bedside. You're still a nurse. You're still, you're never going to not be a nurse. And I struggled with this. My husband had to tell me, you're still a nurse. You're still helping people just in a different way. And think about if you're starting your own business or you want to do something different, think about how can you still help people? Because that's something as a nurse that doesn't change. We still want to help people as much as we possibly can. So for example, I consult with a company that helps um, hospitals with their algorithms to make them digitalized. I am helping nurses. I am helping healthcare professionals give better patient care. It's just in a different way. That's very interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. And how did you get into podcasting with everything? So you started writing first, right? Yeah. So I started writing and then, you know, built my business, had clients, was able to go, you know, part-time and I was on my way to go PRN and just make the business full-time. And I had other nurses saying, wait, how do you do this? Wait, what do you do? How do you do this? And asking me questions after questions. So I would help, I helped a few nurses kind of do, become freelance writers and start their own companies. And now all three of them that I helped are working full-time in their own businesses and doing their own thing. And then I had, um, more nurses and more nurses just coming to me like, how do you do this? How do you do this? So I decided, okay, I'm going to do a podcast to help nurses build their own businesses. And then it kind of grew from there from, okay, now we have a podcast. Now we have a membership and a course to be able to do it because I was, I was doing a lot of coaching one-on-one with, with nurses. And I just kept saying the same things over and over and over and over that I was like, I need to make this into a course so that people can just go and do this. And I don't have to coach everybody all the time. What's the hardest part about getting like your business started or the hardest part that these nurses run into? I think the time, the time they're working full time. They're like, how did you even, how did you do that? And i my answer always is you make time a priority. You make whatever you're trying to do a priority. If you were watching Netflix last night and flip, you know, going through episode after episode, that was your priority. That's what you chose to do. And that's quite okay if you're not going to try and build a business. But, you know, we make time for things we want to make time for. We can say we don't have time, but time is one of those things that we do have time. We just have to prioritize it. Sometimes that means, I'll tell you what, what it meant for me when I was working full time is I got up an hour before my shift and had the silence in my house to be able to, to, and I knew after work, I was dead. I'm not going to be able to, to do any work after work even now. And, you know, just doing that over and over becomes a habit. It's just like, it's like exercise, right? Oh, I don't want to exercise. I don't want to exercise. And then you make it time for it. You do it and you're like, oh, okay, that actually felt good. So then, oh, maybe I'll do that again tomorrow. And you just keep going with it and you'll see incremental little changes over time, but then everything kind of adds up and you, you make time for it. That's honestly an answer just with pure, brutal honesty. And that's what it is. There's no secret. There's no hack. Magic There's pill. The no. magic pill is just building a habit and stacking that brick and creating that compound effect, right? So it's kind of funny because Peter and I, are, we're both, we both started the same journey where we started writing. We had like a blog post and 
we used to, we were nurses and we met up in Starbucks and cranked out some blog posts and things like that. But we always struggled with writing because English was our second language. We always had grammar issues. People laughed at us sometimes. Yeah. So what are some, some um, great advice that you could give for people that are struggling with writing or that you've realized that you perfected as a writer? So you guys definitely have a challenge with it being your second language because the English language is hard enough, right? And Grammarly is a great tool. I always recommend that for everybody. They have a free ver version. There's also um, Hemi Hemingway app, it's called. That's another kind of like Grammarly kind of thing. It does a little bit better at different things than Grammarly does. Also, writing every day. So writing is a skill. And this is what I tell a lot of nurses. They're like, oh, do I need to go get an English degree now? Do I need to go get a journalism degree? Absolutely not. And I know in our heads, we're like, wait, yeah, we do because we're nurses and we have to get a degree. But we don't. This is a skill. And it's a skill that you can develop over time. You're not going to be the best nurse writer for walking out the gates. You weren't the best nurse when you walked out on the floor. Nursing's a skill as well. Yeah, we need a lot of background education. But the first time you started an IV, you didn't get it. You had to keep practicing. You had to keep doing it. Now you have your perfection. You can start an IV in two seconds. You just put that tourniquet on, you know exactly where you're going to go, and you're done. And the new nurse will struggle with that a little longer. So it's just a skill. Think about any skill you have. You have to keep doing it to improve it. Right. Right. And do you still do any kind of coaching? For right, yeah. So I still do one-on-one -on -one coaching for the business side. Writing coaching, I always tell people to help with anxiety because I even did this as a when I was writing all the time. I hired my own editor because I was like, you know what? I want this client to have the best possible piece without any revisions. And I don't feel like just my eyes were enough. And so I would hire an editor. She I'd pay her a little bit of money. She edited it and I felt better. I was like, okay. Now I'll send it away. And my first editor wasn't the person I hired because I didn't have any money. It was my dad. And he's like, Dad, I'll buy you coffee if you edit this. He's like, I'm not going to take a cup of coffee. I'm just going to edit it for you. Like, thanks, Dad, because I knew he was a great writer. So if you know a great writer in your life, have them review your stuff. And if you're writing for the web, look up some resources on how to write for the web because it's a little bit different than if you pick up you know a journal and you read that kind of content as you guys know probably with like blog posts you want to have like headers and introductions and some in-text links and whatnot to write for the web just because our eyes when we're reading on the web are looking to skim rather than digest a ton of content right right and then from the business perspective business side uh, what do you what do you offer on nurses do you help them find their passion or do you help them kind of get their business started What's the process for that? So I, with SavvyNurseWriter.com is the company that I have that helps nurses start writing businesses. And that actually, those whole course walks you through on exactly how to start a business. And that's the hardest part because nurses are like, I don't, I don't know anything about business, but it walks you right through it. The other thing, um, my friend Deanna Gillingham and I, she hosts the um, Stay at Home Nurse podcast. She and I are now helping other, we call it unconventionalprofessionals.com is the, the actual address. And it's not just nurses, it's teachers, it's firemen, it's anybody who has some sort of background in their career, right? And they succeeded at it and maybe are looking for something a little bit unconventional. So like, it, you know, it's more like that, you know, you want to be a coach in something, you want to build your own business in something, but something around your own lifestyle. So we offer coaching through there as well, because it's, 
I think there's a lot of us, a little bit of unicorns in the nation where we just want something a little bit different away from bedside. And yeah, so we we put our minds together and came up with a little framework on how we built our our own businesses and kind of share it with others. I like I like that. Why specifically writing? Is that your passion? Do you believe that writing is like the building block foundation for a business? I think because it it's what I know, right? So I don't want to teach somebody how to start an IV infusion clinic. I've never done it. I don't want to. I I could figure it out. It's not you know probably rocket science, but right? I built my own writing business and I did it alongside my nursing job. So that's what I know. So that's what I'm going to stick with because it's easy for me to talk about how I did it. <laughs> and I'm kind of curious, I don't know if you could share some insight on how do you actually create business from writing? Like what does, what does it entail? Do you just reach out to companies and ask them to write a blog post or do you just do like uh, ghost writing for somebody? Like what does that... Uh... So it's funny because everybody says it like my family, I don't think they know that what I do anymore. They're like, Oh, what do you, you know, what do you do online? You just like work online, like write. What do you mean you write stuff? And it is, it comes down to those companies. And I always mention to them, like, well, one of my clients was Pfizer and one of my clients is Healthline. You ever read anything online by Healthline? Oh yeah. Someone had to write it. <laughs> so that's how you know what a nurse does who writes online. And that is an example of blog posts, but there's so many people pieces of content out there. There's content for podcasts. There's content for YouTube videos. There's content for TikTok videos. There's social captions you can do for people's social media. There's eBooks, there's white papers. There's so many pieces of content It all and web copy. And there's something called copywriting where it's like you have persuasive words that help people buy something. So there's a lot to, that goes into writing online. But what I tell most nurses that are just starting out is to go for the low hanging fruit that's easy. And that's usually blog posts and it gets you your feet wet with writing and, you know, kind of where you can start anyway. That, that's very, that's interesting because healthcare is such a big sector and you have all these businesses, pharmaceutical industry and everything, hospitals, and you are right. You need somebody to be writing that content on there. Yeah. So why not get a nurse that has a background in patient care? You know how to, I don't want to say influence or persuade, but you know how to create the proper voice for somebody to read this. Well, and, and a lot of companies struggle with talking to nurses. So for example, like some of our clients are um, travel nurse companies. They're like, we don't know how to like talk to these nurses. So we need nurses to talk to the audience of nurses. I'm like, I, I got you covered. We, we got this. And, and one cool perk about nursing too is we know how to break down information that a doctor says. Because so many times a doctor comes into the room, says a, says a bunch of stuff to the patient, patient walks out. What did he say? And so we're the facilitators. We know how to take that language and break it down to the knowledge of the patient and whoever would be the, exactly. the listener. Another skill. Right. And it's, and content is, has to always be created. So it's a very stable environment you could say, because there's always new blog posts coming out, new health research, new information. And it's very, you could say secure as long as you, you know, get started with it. Is exactly. there any, is there any other passions that you're currently pursuing or any kind of endeavors? I think the coaching with, with Deanna, we're doing that on the side a little bit. Um, and my writern.net website where 
client, that's the client side where we get clients within the agency. So the way my business works now, and I couldn't have predicted this back in 2013, I have the right RN side, which is the content agency. So if you're a company that's like, hey, I need a nurse writer, they go over there and they can preview like that there's over 70 nurses that can write for their company. So if they need an article on home care for the senior population, we can help them with that. Like they just literally can post a job or they just schedule a call with me. So perfecting those kind of systems over there. And then the other side of it is the savvynursewriter.com. So it's basically what I'm doing now for that is a lot of like content creation, trying to keep the um, podcast going. And then we now have the database where nurses can go in if they want to even just start writing, they can do that for free. You just come over there and add yourself to our database and we give you a chance and we, we pay you so to try it out. and. A lot of nurses got their feet with some of them. And I think it's a great thing because it might not be for you. You know, you might think you might like writing, but you might not like writing for the web. You might feel like, actually, I just want to tell stories and that's okay. So it's it's interesting. You know, a lot of people that come over there and, and the backgrounds that some of these nurses have are incredible. Yeah. And you mentioned perfecting systems. Like Matt and I, I feel like we're, we've been trying to perfect different systems for like the past like two or three years. What are some advice you could give maybe even to us how to like stay organized or how to actually create these systems? Do you use like an Excel spreadsheet? Do you use like some kind of an app? How do you, how do you perfect it? Do you guys use any project management tool? I love ClickUp. Asana is, and Trello I've used in the past. ClickUp's my new game changer because, and I'm sure Asana's come a long way, but I love ClickUp because you can embed a lot of things inside of there. So for example, like my podcast, I use a spreadsheet for my content calendar and I have a little folder on the side and I click that and it opens right up and I could just keep going with ideas there. And I use that tool for um, my clients and for the nurses. So if I get an article for AB company and I need to assign it, I put it on our job board that's in ClickUp and then nurses apply to it and then I can review all of it all in one spot. So it's, and it's super cheap. That's the other thing I like too. I like budget friendly. Same, so, so do we, we, we love, we love budget friendly, especially if it's got like a one month free trial, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, switch we'll, out the, we'll try it, we'll try yeah, it. We'll try it three times with three different email addresses, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, I, I love how you're innovating healthcare and you're showing nurses different abilities for what they could do with their skills. So when you're not grinding and doing everything, being, you know, a mom, an entrepreneur, what do you do in your free time? How do you manage your own self-care? I like to exercise. I like to, to run. I have, I call it the smell -ton. Let's talk about being cheap. All right. I have this little stationary bike in the basement. I use that, but I have the Peloton app. So I call it the smell -ton. And then <laughs> too and my kids they keep me so active we have a swimming pool we were a pandemic purchase there so a lot of swimming this past summer we like to go camping we do lots of camping so lots of stuff outside yeah okay where can people find you well i'm everywhere you could just go go to savvynursewriter.com you can follow me on facebook there you can follow our instagram over there too okay and linkedin always over there too Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all your knowledge and everything that you do. And maybe we'll see you in Thank the future again. Thank you guys. Again. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye.